I arrived here in the summer of 1979. I came as an 18-year-old student and I got a working visa, which is actually called a J-1 visa, which permits you to work in the United States for six months. I got a job in a chemical factory in Brooklyn, painting $5 an hour, and I thought I was the richest man in the world. And with my first paycheck, my foreman sent me to a place called Joyce's, which was on 50th Street and 2nd Avenue in Manhattan. And he said, go in there, you'll get a good steak, I know what you want, and asked for a guy named Pat Cahill. And Pat is from uh, Cavan, so he was the man that gave me my first job when I look back on it. But I walked in, the bartender thought I was looking for a job, and bought me my first beer. And I said, this is an amazing country. They're buying me beers that, you know, I'm getting paid. Oh, this is just wonderful. So I did have my meal, I sat down, I talked to the manager, Pat, and the owner. And after a while, they said, you know, you'd be suited to this business. And I said, what do you mean? He said, no, you can talk. The owner came to me and he said, well, you know what? We could give you a job as a busboy. And I said, well, there's two things. I can't work during the day because I have a job in the chemical factory in Brooklyn. The other thing is I only have a learner's permit, or as we call it, a provisional license. And he said, why would you need that? So I said, busboy, I think I'm going to be driving a bus, right? So he says, don't worry, you're made for this business. Now, busboy, as a weekend, I'm going to be cleaning tables. So I worked there for the summer of 79, and they asked me, did I want to come back uh, at Christmas? Did I want to bartend for the Christmas holidays because they had people going on vacation? And I said, sure. So I came back from Ireland, and I worked there for the Christmas of 79. And then I was going back to Ireland. I was in my last year of college. They called me May of the following year and said, would you like to come back and we'll train you in as a manager if you want to come here. Since my college career wasn't going so well, I decided that, yes, I would venture for America. So at the age of 19, June of 1980, I would have been 19, I would have been 20 in August, I came back and uh, I started my career in the restaurant business. With Joyce's, I stayed there till uh, November of 1983. And then I went to manage a restaurant called Limericks on 32nd and 2nd. I stayed there for a while, and I also worked in a bar called The Barrister, 44th Street between 5th and 6th. So in May of 1985, I decided to uproot and move to Brooklyn. In the meantime, I had been living in Queens for five years. I got an Irish immigrant. I had to go through Woodside and spend my time there. So I decided to go to further field and go to another bridge and tunnel place called Brooklyn. So in Brooklyn, I started working in two places. One was called Peggy O'Neill's, which is on 82nd Street and 5th Avenue. And the other one was Bentley's, which is on 71st and 3rd. So between those two places, I worked for 11 years bartending. So then in 1996, I decided that I would open my own place and with a partner, uh, named Dave Finnegan from Dublin, we opened a place called Judge and Jury. And the reason that we called it Judge and Jury was, one, we couldn't think of another name, and we were deciding what was doing. His wife told us that, you know, what are you two, the Judge and Jury? And then also it was the same time as the O.J. Simpson trial, where everybody was the Judge and Jury. So we made it a theme bar, and we had it set up like a little courthouse. We did very well. There I actually worked the bar myself, and in December of 96, I met my wife, Peggy Murray. Peggy got a job here in Cranford and started working with a company called Quintiles, which are based in Commerce Drive. So little did I know what was in store for me. But four years later, I opened my second place called Henry Grattan's, and because of the cigarette law, 
we saw that like just plain bars weren't going to work. So I went back into the food end. And Henry Grattan's was a place quite similar to the Kilkenny House, where we uh, had lunch, dinner, and uh, full menu. At the end, it was also a dance place, which would be typical of Brooklyn, that you tried to get till four o'clock. Because compared to Cranford, Brooklyn didn't start till basically 11, 12 o'clock at night. I had uh, Henry Grattan's for five years, and both places overlapped for about three years. And in 2000, uh, me and Peggy got married, and Kevin was born in Brooklyn, our first son, who's now 12, and he was born in 2001, and that's when I decided I really needed to uh, move to the suburbs. We moved here in 2002, I believe. Uh, Kevin was one, and I commuted to Brooklyn for six years. So the commute killed me. It killed family life. Tim was born in 2003, and so we decided that we definitely look for a place in the Cranford area, which we were looking for something within a 10-mile radius so that we didn't have to commute. And uh, I came across the owners of Anton's, and for about five years I chewed them down before they actually sold it to me. And uh, in 2008 I bought Anton's, which eventually became the Kilkenny House. So that was probably the best move I ever made in my life. Coming in here, I had to say I was probably the most scared person ever opening up a restaurant in Cranford because even though I had lived here for six years, I wasn't well known. And I would know what it would be like opening a place in Bay Ridge where I was, is that you need to be known. But my wife said, don't worry, you'll be fine. And she had never said any true words in her life. So September 10th of 2008, we opened the Kilkenny House, and here I am. What is the derivation of the name, the Kilkenny House? Why did you name it that? Kilkenny is where I'm from in Ireland. It's a city of about 25,000 people, which is probably the same size as Cranford. And actually, it's quite similarities with the fact that, you know, it's a place that you would raise your children and has a nice downtown. Actually, I think there's nine liquor licenses in Cranford. I think there's six full. But Kilkenny has about 90. So there's a little bit of a difference with the same population. So the drinking culture is a little different. But Kilkenny was where I was born and raised. It's also a county, and there's 32 counties in Ireland, of which Kilkenny is one. Now, the Kilkenny house was hit hard when Irene came through the uh, Cranford area a couple of years ago. Tell me a little bit about what took place and how you recovered from that. Well, I think this is a, a story that's well talked about by now, but obviously Irene was devastating for the whole town of Cranford, and of which I was one. I remember getting a call from a police officer saying, Barry, we can't get to your place except by boat. And I said, what? So I tried to get down to Centennial Avenue, And on the corner of Centennial Avenue and basically south, I could see that this place was completely annihilated. The whole town, you know, not just me. So I remember that evening being able to get here through a friend that we got here about 6 o'clock in the evening, 5.30, 6 o'clock. And the water was still about two feet deep in here, upstairs. And completely, the basement is 10 feet high. So the basement was completely, completely gone. It was devastating. Obviously, you've grieved for about a day, and then through the help of absolutely everybody in town, and I mean everybody, we were able to get this place open in six weeks. One of the things I think Kilkenny House is known for, and you personally are known for, is supporting a lot of the different causes 
in and around Cranford. Tell me a little bit about why you're so involved with so many of the different charitable groups and others that need a hand. Well, if you just go back to Irene, that's a typical example of people in Cranford helping other people. The fact that I am part of this community, this is my hometown now. This is where my son Kevin and my son Tim are being raised. This is where they go to school. This is where they're going to be part of the community. And this is where I'm part of the community. And a very important thing for any businessman, I think, is to be part of the community. Because what gives to you, you've got to give back. What goes around comes around. It's an old adage. The reason for doing it is because you are part of the community. Just going back to Irene, it's the simple fact that I help people. People came to help me. So it, it just proves that it, it is a good working model. It's building up goodwill with people, and that's what you need to do in any sort of business, and especially when you're in a service industry that we're in. And the most important thing is just treat people with respect, like you'd like to be treated yourself, and it works. It's hard for me to imagine that anyone in Cranford is not familiar with the Kilkenny House, but for someone who might not be, what makes the Kilkenny House special? What's distinctive about it? First of all, it's terrible that they should live in such a sheltered life that they haven't heard of the Kilkenny House yet. But Kilkenny House, which is literally an extension of me and my personality, my heritage, and what I think an Irish pub should be, is the most important words, hello, how are you? And how is everything? And thank you. It's very simple. And if you give people good food, a good drink, and in a comfortable atmosphere, it's what it should be. We don't try to be anything else except a good Irish pub with some good food. And obviously, Irish food has changed throughout the years. And Irish food in America has. What really grabbed me when I first came here, that, okay, you've got to have corned beef and cabbage. You've got to have shepherd's pie. You've got to have fish and chips. Yes, but it has extended now beyond that. In Ireland, curry is a very big dish. And people say, curry? Well, where did you get that from? Obviously, the Indian influence, the Irish going to England to work and then bringing it home. And every basic pub or restaurant in, you know, Irish food in Ireland would have a curry on the menu. And people are shocked by this. And the fact that I never had corned beef and cabbage in my life, which would go back to the old, in Ireland, it's ham and cabbage or bacon and cabbage. But when the Irish first came here, especially in the 1840s, they had no money. So the cheapest cut of meat that they could buy was corned beef. And that was sold to them in lower Manhattan by the Jews. So corned beef was an American Irish. And to this day, I'll do a couple of tons of it around Paddy's Day. And it'll, it'll be uh, an amazing... Oh, it's just crazy. But also, you now with an Irish pub, food tastes are different. And you have to put salads. There's a lot of salads on our menu. Our burgers. It's not just a hamburger anymore. We've got lamb burger, we've got bison burger, sweet potato burger, turkey burger. Now we've just put a pork and bacon burger on our menu. So now the whole essence of burgers is taken to a new light. You've got to go with the way times are going. Now you have to have gluten-free items. We've even got gluten-free beer, gluten-free vodka. So now it's changed. But the Irish pub is the way the Americans thought of it, I'd say only 10, 15 years ago, has changed. We've got to go with the times too. It's not just fried food and quick. There is thought that goes into the process. 